Act Three of Psyche by Moliere, translated by Charles Heron Wall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One, Love, Zephyr. Yes, right gallantly have I acquitted myself of your errand. And from the summit of that rock I have softly borne this beauty through the air to this enchanted palace, where, with full freedom, you can decree her fate. Yet you astonish me by this mighty change in your appearance. That figure, that countenance, that costume, perfectly conceal your real being, and I defy the most cunning to see in you to-day the god of love tis because i do not wish to be known to psyche tis my heart my heart alone i wish to unfold nothing more than the sweet raptures of this keen passion which her charms excite within it to express its gentle pining and to hide what may be from those eyes that impose on me their will i have assumed this form which thou seest you are a master in everything this is how i know it often the gods when in love have been seen assuming various disguises seeking to alleviate the pleasing wound inflicted on all hearts by your fiery darts but in good sense you outstrip them yours is the form necessary for succeeding with the lovely sex for whom we sigh yes the assistance derived from that form is powerful and apart from rank and wit whoever finds the means of being so fashioned does not sigh in vain i have decided my dear zephyr to remain always thus and the oldest of all loves cannot be blamed for this it is time to issue from this long infancy that wears out my patience it is time henceforth that i should be grown up you are right you cannot better do and you are initiated into a mystery that demands no childish powers this change will no doubt vex my mother i foresee some anger in that quarter although disputes about age ought not to exist among immortals yet your mother venus shares the spirit of beauties who do not like grown-up children but whereat i fancy her offended is the line of conduct you are pursuing and tis a strange method of avenging her to love the beauty she wished to see punished this hatred to which she expects the power of a son generally feared by the gods to answer let us drop this discourse zephyr and tell me whether thy eyes do not find psyche the fairest woman in the world is there aught on the earth aught in heaven that could seize from her the glorious title of matchless beauty but i see her my dear zephyr wandering at the splendours of this spot you can show yourself to put an end to her torture and unfold to her her glorious destiny speak to one another all that sighs lips and glances can speak as a discreet confidant 
I know my duty, and will not interrupt lovers' secrets. Scene two. Psyche, alone. Where am I? And in a spot I deemed deserted, what skilled hand has reared this palace, which art and nature deck with the rarest gifts that the eye could ever admire? Everything smiles, shines, sparkles in this garden, in these apartments, whose pompous furniture presents nothing that does not charm and flatter the beholder. And whithersoever my fears lead me, I see under my feet naught but gold or flowers. Can heaven have formed this world of wonders for the abode of a serpent? And when by this sight it amuses and stays the unequalled rigour of my jealous fate, does it wish to show that it repents of it? No, no, this is the darkest, the keenest shaft of its hatred, so fertile in its cruelties. This hatred, by a renewed and unparalleled sternness, lays before my gaze the choice it has made of all that is fairest in the world, only that I may leave it with deeper regret. How foolish is my hope, if it fancies it can thus alleviate my pain. Every moment that my death is delayed becomes a new misfortune for me. The more it stays, it's coming. The oftener I die. Leave me no longer to pine. Come, take thy victim, monster, whose mission it is to slay me. Wouldst thou have me seek thee, and I must rouse the fury to devour me. If heaven wills my death, if my life be a crime, dare at length to seize whatever little remains of it. I am tired of murmuring against a lawful penalty. I am weary of sighs. Come, that I may end the death I am dying. Scene 3. Love, Psyche, Zephyr. Behold this serpent, this pitiless monster, whom a wonderful oracle has prepared for you and who perhaps does not inspire such dread as you had imagined. You, my lord, you are that monster who, so spoke the oracle, threatens my sad life. You, who seem rather a god deigning miraculously to come yourself to my rescue. What need of help in the midst of an empire where all that breathes only awaits your look to do its bidding, where I am the only monster you have to fear? But small is the fear that a monster like you inspires, and if it has any venom, a soul has little reason to venture on the least complaint against a pleasing poison, the cure of which all the heart would dread. Scarce do I behold you, and already my calmed fears suffer the image of death to vanish, and I feel I know not what unknown fire flow through my frozen veins. Esteem I felt, and kindness, friendship, gratitude, compassion's innocent sorrows have made me know its power and I have not yet felt what I now feel. I know not what it is, but I know that it fills me with delight, and causes me no alarm. The longer I gaze on you, the more I feel the spell. Nothing that I have ever felt had the same effect, and I would tell you, my lord, that I love you, did I know what love is. Oh, turn them not away, those eyes that poison me, those eyes so tender, so piercing, yet so loving, that look as if they shared the confusion they cause me. Alas, the more dangerous they prove, the more fondly I cling to them. What decree of heaven is it which I cannot understand, that forces me to tell you more than I should? 
i whose modesty ought at least to wait that you explain the confusion that i seek is within you you sigh my lord as i sigh your senses like mine seem amazed tis my duty to be silent concerning this yours to speak it yet it is i who tell this to you your heart psyche has ever been too insensible and you must not wonder if to repair the insult love now pays himself with usury for that which your soul ought to have granted him the time is come in which your lips must breathe those sighs so long restrained and while it draws you from that fierce humour an endless rapture as sweet as it is unknown must wound you as deeply as it ought to have wounded you during those golden days the course of which your unfeeling soul has profaned not to love is then a great crime do you suffer a hard punishment for it the punishment is mild indeed the penalty is suited to the offence and love on this glorious day avenges himself of lack of love by an excess of love would i had been punished before my life's happiness lies in it i ought to blush at it or to whisper it low but this torture has too many charms suffer me to say and to repeat it aloud though i say it a hundred times i would never blush for it it is not i who speak and the wonderful empire the amiable violence of your presence sway my voice as soon as i begin to speak vainly does my modesty take secret offence at it vainly would my sex and decency bind me to other laws it is your eyes that dictate my answer and my lips the slaves of their almighty power no longer consult me on the self-respect i owe myself fair psyche believe what these eyes tell you let yours vie with each other in instructing me of all your emotions trust this sighing heart which so long as yours will answer will tell you more by a sigh than a hundred looks can express tis the sweetest language the most powerful the truest of all the understanding of it was due to both our hearts to make them equally satisfied i have sighed you have understood me you sigh and i heard you but release me from doubt my lord and tell me if by the same road zephyr has led you hither after me to tell me what i hear now when i arrived here were you expected and and when you speak to him are you obeyed the empire i exercise over this sweet climate is as sovereign as yours is over my heart love is favourable to me and tis for his sake that aeolus has placed zephyr under my command it was love who to reward my passion dictated this oracle by which your fair days that were threatened have been released from a throng of lovers and which has freed me from the lasting obstacle of so many ardent sighs that were unworthy of being addressed to you ask not of me what this region be nor the name of its ruler you shall know it in time my object is to win you but i wish to do so by my services my assiduous care my constant vows by a lover's sacrifice of all that i am of all my power can effect the splendour of my rank must not solicit you for me neither must i make a merit of my power and though sovereign lord of this blissful realm i wish to owe you psyche to nothing but my love 
Come with me, princess, and admire its marvels. Prepare your eyes and ears to the charms it will offer you. You shall gaze on woods and meads, contesting their beauties with gold and gems. You shall hear nothing but sweet concerts. A hundred beauties shall serve you here. Without envy they shall worship you, and every moment with a humble and raptured soul shall solicit the honour of your commands. My will waits upon yours. I can no longer have one of my own, but at any rate your oracle has severed me from two sisters, and the king, my father, whom my supposed death has all three reduced to bewail me. Suffer my sisters to be witnesses of my glory and your love for me, to dissipate the error which overwhelms their soul with mortal sorrow. Lend them too, as you did me, Zephyr's wings, that they may facilitate their access to your empire as they did mine. Let them see where I live. Let them wonder at the success of my loss. You do not yield me all your soul, Psyche. This affectionate remembrance of a father and two sisters snatches from me part of that which I crave for my passion only. Have no eyes for anyone but for me, who have none but for you. Let love for me, and the desire of pleasing me be your only thought, and when such cares dare diverge you from it. Can you be jealous of affection for kin? I am jealous, my Psyche, jealous of all nature. The sun's rays kiss you too often. Your tresses are too sensible to the wooing of the breeze. No sooner does it caress them than I murmur. The very air which you breathe passes with too much pleasure between your lips. Your robes cling too closely to your form. I know not what bewilders me, and I dread amidst your sighs some stray one. But you would see your sisters. Be gone, Zephyr. Psyche commands. I cannot forbid. Scene 4. Love, Psyche when you shall show them this blissful seat make them a thousand gifts from these treasures lavish on them endearments caresses and if possible exhaust the tendernesses that blood demands so that you may yield yourself entirely to love i shall not importune you with my presence but let not your meeting be too long remembering that you rob me of whatever attention you pay them your love grants me a favour which twere not possible for me to abuse. Still, let us visit these gardens, this palace, where you will meet not but what will pale before your dazzling charms. And you, little cupids, you, young zephyrs, whose souls are but soft sighs, vie with each other in showing what joy you feel at the appearance of my princess. Third Interlude Entry of Ballet Composed of four cupids and four zephyrs, twice interrupted by a dialogue sung by a cupid and a zephyr. Ye gentle youth follow, love's sweet and tender glow. In happy days and fair, from passion's joys do not forbear. Tis to deceive, they tell you, a, you should avoid the wooing sigh, and fear the pressing suit. Tis now the time to learn what fires within you burn. All, All gentle, gentle hearts, hearts in turn with love must glow, 
and, and greater, greater charms that burn, a greater, greater debt will we'll owe. A youthful heart and tender at last must yield surrender. All gentle hearts in turn with love must glow, and greater charms that burn, a greater debt will owe. What boots to play the truant's part, and shield yourselves against the dart? The sunny day is flown and gone, the hour lost may ne'er be won. All gentle hearts in turn with love must glow, and greater charms that burn, a greater debt will owe. Great love hath potent charms, to him we yield our arms. His cares and sorrows sweet have too their joy, though fleet. To follow him all hearts would court a thousand darts. If we would taste his deep delight, ah, we must pine till fades the light before our eyes. A worthless life it is when love fills not the heart it fain would move. In, in love, love if, if we, we must, must grieve and, and sigh, a moment's, a moment's bliss still well repays the, the ills and woes of many days. Midst hopes and fears and mystery and tears, we cannot, without the touch of pain, bliss seek again. In, in love, love, if, if we, we must grieve and sigh, a moment's, a moment's bliss still well repays the ills and woes of many days. What better deed is there to do than strive to please and softly woo? A lover's part is sweet as care, and this it is that all must bear. In love, if we must grieve and sigh, a moment's bliss still well repays the ills and woes of many days. End of Act 3